Welcome to Sue Does America. Before we get into today's craziness, and there's tons of it to cover, I want to tell you about Friday's big show. We are doing a definitive debunking of the left's favorite gun myths, which admittedly is going to be impossible in the, in the course of one show. Uh, that might take a month, but we're going to do the, our best to get through everything you've been seeing, your, all the studies that have been out there, all the quotes that have been out there, all the viral tweets from the left. Uh, if you've seen these and you want them debunked because you've seen it a lot, or you look at this and you say, you know, that one, I don't know. I, that one might be a good argument. Send it to us. Let us look into it. Uh, be sure to drop it to us as a Facebook or YouTube comment or a tweet, and we'll consider it for a sound debunking. Again, Friday, this Friday, June 3rd, our normal time, 8 p.m. Eastern, if you're watching on Blaze TV or on YouTube. It's going to be a debunkapalooza, and you don't want to miss it. And speaking of guns, today we're taking a trip north to Canada. Stu does America. Welcome to the program, Stu does America. BlazeTV.com slash Stu is the place to go to watch it. If you'd like to do so and support the cause of Blaze TV, you know how important it is right now. Uh, the promo code is Stu to save 10 bucks. Stephen Gutowski is going to join us today with the latest out of Uvalde, Texas. Joe Biden's poor approval ratings are really starting to stack up, and we'll get to those. But we start by doing Trudeau's gun grab. And this is a fascinating day because here I am, Stu does America, Stu Bergier, America's leading purveyor of Nancy Pelosi's sucks pens. Yes, I mean, we've sold more Nancy Pelosi sucks pens than I think they sold PlayStation 5s. I mean, this is an incredibly hot item. The only thing that stopped these things from selling has been basically supply chain issues. It's been hard to keep them in stock. They're in stock now if you want to get yours at NancyPelosiSucksPen.com. But here's a day where Nancy Pelosi's husband was busted for DUI. And that should be what we're talking about today. I should be talking to you all day about Nancy Pelosi's husband and his driving habits. But no, instead, we're here talking about guns once again. And one of the reasons why I wanted to do the show on Friday is because I'm really tired of seeing the same arguments brought up over and over again. You know, it's one thing to, uh, to bring up an argument that you believe is right, that you believe is powerful, that you believe, I don't know, can change the tone of the debate. But when you have no familiarity with the debate, it's easy to get stuck in these same old arguments over and over and over again. And, you know, it's really left up to us, I guess, to make sure that these things are taken uh, and dispatched as soon as they pop up. But it gets boring. It gets boring to look up the same research over and over again. So that's what we're going to do this Friday, bring you everything that you need to know about the gun debate, all these claims that have been floating around over the past week. We're going to show you the truth behind them. Again, that's Friday. Don't miss that program. Um, now, I will give you a quick update on what's going on as it relates to uh, the Texas shooting. A House panel has called for an emergency meeting to advance gun violence prevention bills. That's, that's the new terminology. It's no longer gun control. They don't want control of your guns. They just want to prevent gun violence, which, of course, is not true. And that's one of the things we'll get into on Friday's program. Mass shootings have renewed efforts to target gun manufacturers' legal shield. This is sort of a standard trope that is brought up every single time uh, any of this stuff happens and they go after they, they try to make this into a, a big situation that they can't sue gun manufacturers. 
And it's just a weird argument. It always has been. I mean, I, you know, I, we've seen people drive over uh, people in, a, you know, in parades before, and we don't sue the, gu- the car company for it. I, I mean, it, it's obviously not what the, you know, Nissan intended, but uh, for, with guns, it's totally different for some reason. Biden had a, a rough weekend, I will say. And, and when you say that about Joe Biden, it's really notable because all of his weekends have been rough. Like it, it's been a really, really bad presidency. And I don't say that as a person who disregard, you know, just disagrees with his policies, which of course I am that person. But objectively, this, is, this has been a disaster. You gotta admit it. I mean, if you're on the left, and I, and I will say I have friends on the left. I have friends on the left. I have friends in the middle who don't like, you know, don't like Trump or maybe uh, just liked Biden, thought he'd be a uniting figure in the middle. Everybody I talk to says the same thing. Look, I thought this was going to be a lot better than this. I I didn't think he was going to be a hero, but I didn't think he'd be a complete catastrophe. And that's what he's been. Let me give you some highlights from his weekend. First of all, he pointed out that he wants a a assault weapons ban uh, being a rational option for gun control. Now, look, if you if you know the politics of the situation, this is the last thing he should be doing. Right. You know, you might say, oh, well, I really want an assault weapons ban. And that's good for you. Uh, Good luck with that. When Democrats have 60 seats again, you might very well get that. Uh, But right now they don't. They have no chance of passing that. They know they have no chance of passing it. And if they have a chance to do anything sensible, you're scaring people away. If you have a moderate Republican who might consider, I don't know, a red flag law or something like that, Telling everybody that you're going to start banning specific weapons is going to scare away anybody in the middle who you might be able to work with. Of course, that's not the goal of of Biden here. Biden is trying to uh, I don't know what he's, you know, I got to stop saying that. I don't know that Biden even knows what he's trying to do at this point. He has these sort of standard things he brings up. He has in his memory banks somewhere jumbled up in a blender is a bunch of arguments about guns and he presses blend and he pours out a little shot glass and he gives it to you every time. He doesn't know what's coming out of that blender, what combination of fruits and vegetables are involved. It's just something. And maybe clams are in there. Maybe there's a plastic fork or so in there. He has no idea what's in this uh, smoothie he's delivering your way, but this is what he does. He uh, came out with this one. He said it before. Uh, uh, He said when the Second Amendment was passed, you couldn't buy cannon. And it's like, how many times could he possibly be told that this is not true? It's not true. You could buy a cannon. You can actually still buy cannons in the United States of America, but you could definitely do it back in the 1700s. It was not a big problem. People owned cannons. Now, there weren't a lot of attacks with cannons because they're... No, there wasn't really a reason uh, to use them, but that is something you could do. And it doesn't matter how many times people tell him the history of this. He just keeps saying it. It's, he, it's as if he lives in this sort of like parallel hallway to everyone else, where everyone is having this conversation about what's going on in the real world. And Joe Biden is parallel enough that he can hear it's about guns, but doesn't know any of the facts on the situation. Perhaps he should watch on Friday. Listen on Friday. You can download the podcast and check it out. We'll give you all the facts on guns uh, then. He also decided to call nine millimeter high caliber weapons and he suggest, uh, suggested banning them. I want to give you this this actual uh, audio here because, you know, it really is remarkable. When I heard this, I assumed what he did there was mess up AR-15s and just say 9mm because he's an idiot and he rarely says the things that he's trying to say. But I think he actually meant 
Nine millimeters here. You check it out. You tell me. 22 caliber bullets will lodge in a lung. And we can probably get it out. Maybe it'll get it and save the life. A nine millimeter bullet blows the lung out of the body. Out of the body. So the idea of these high caliber weapons is just, it is simply no rational basis for it in terms of about self-protection, hunting. I mean, I just, I don't remember. The Constitution, the Second Amendment, was never absolute. I just keep saying the same thing over and over again. Now, I, I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm the biggest gun guy in the world. I really believe in the Second Amendment. I know the arguments here. I know the legal history. We've talked about it for a long time on this show, on radio, going back a very long time. But I'm not like a gun enthusiast, per se. I'm not at the range every weekend. We have a lot of gun enthusiasts around here, though. People who have been in the military, people who have gun collections. I'm in Texas. I work with Glenn Beck. Like, we got a lot of people around us that know a lot about guns. And whenever I have gun questions, I have plenty of people to talk to about it. And it's funny because whenever I would bring up a 9mm, hey, you know, what do you think about a 9mm? It would almost be dismissed as, well, what are you getting that for? That's the, you're underpowered with a 9mm. Like, it's not, it's not the main choice for, for somebody who wants to do tons and tons of damage. It's a, it's a, it's a you know, it could be used in a weapon that is you know, uh, pretty easy to control, To uh, it's pretty mobile, it's pretty uh, easy to conceal. Uh, a lot of the ladies seem to like it because it is not, you know, it's not some huge kickback. But I mean, all this being said here, it's never, it's not like, we're not talking about cannons here. This is not a bazooka. It's a nine millimeter. It's the most common uh, round to be used in handguns in the entire country. Now, he seems to be saying the same thing he says about AR-15s. There's no reason why you could possibly need this. Now you're saying this with the most common weapons in America? And of course, this is exactly what he's saying. Because behind all of the we love the Second Amendment, but we need common sense reform talk is the actual reality. And I want to bring you to a place where the actual reality of what the left wants is occurring. Let me bring you north of the border, home of America's team, the Toronto Blue Jays. Yes, Canada. Oh, Canada. We've seen Justin Trudeau, the benevolent dictator of the Republic of Canada, being put to the test over the past few months. He's had some bad things happen, and he's reacted exactly the way you'd expect him to react as a dictator. He is now changing what used to be a very culturally similar country to ours, into some weird left-wing dictatorship where he gets to make all of the decisions. And it's really disturbing. He has decided to introduce legislation that everybody seems to expect will pass, that will freeze handgun ownership, buy back assault weapons, and so many other things. Let me give you a few of the details. Some of these you might say, oh, okay, I mean, it's Canada. It's not America. They don't have a Second Amendment in Canada. Um, maybe you can understand it. And it keeps escalating from there. Uh, first of all, they will take away the firearms licenses of those involved in acts of domestic violence or criminal, criminal harassment, such as stalking. Now, we even have rules like that here. Of course, I don't see the word convicted in his statement. Uh, involved in, does that mean the people who are victims of the crimes too? Uh, I don't think that's a good idea. Involved in is, is quite a wide scope. 
if you go down and, and drill down to being convicted of such crimes, uh, most of those would be crimes that would prevent you from owning a firearm or buying a new firearm here in the United States as well. Uh, then you have a fighting gun smuggling and trafficking by increasing criminal penalties, providing more tools for law enforcement to investigate firearms crimes and strengthening border security measures. This is the America sucks part of the bill. Uh, you've seen this argument coming from places like Washington, D.C. and Chicago, where they say, sure, we are the ones with all the gun crime and all the gun laws, but it's not our fault because people, you know, these uh, these gangbangers, these criminals, these people who are just, you know, they're out there committing crimes all over Chicago. And then they're driving to rural uh, I, uh, Illinois in a gun show, or maybe they're going over to Indiana and buying their weapons there and then coming back to Chicago as if if this has ever occurred, right? This is not how guns uh, wind up getting in the hands of criminals in Chicago. They're much likely, more likely to come across the border uh, than for them to go to a nice little wholesome gun shop in Indianapolis and purchase a weapon. That's just not something that occurs all that often, but this is how they blame uh, everybody else. Our gun laws aren't failing. It's just that other people's gun laws are failing. Well, Trudeau's using that with, with America now. We're the big bad boys. We are committing all the crimes up there. We're the ones responsible for everything bad that happens in Canada. Um, uh, addressing intimate partner violence, gender-based violence, and self-harm involving firearms by creating a new red flag law. You're going to hear, be hearing a lot about this in the coming weeks. That would enable courts to require that individuals considered a danger to themselves or others surrender their firearms to law enforcement while protecting the safety of individuals applying to the red flag process, including by protecting their identity. Now, some conservatives like the red flag idea law. Uh, I, I think giving more government, uh, giving more power to the government at this point in this particular realm is a huge mistake, really in any way. Uh, you could see what they want to do with it. We just heard Joe Biden say he wanted to basically ban nine millimeter uh, ammunition. I mean, we're we're at the point here where there are major, major problems uh, with with what the government is wanting to do and doing. So giving them more power is a really bad idea. These laws tend to get abused in, in really bad ways. Of course, you have people who uh, f red flag people that are not uh, any danger whatsoever. Uh, we have already seen people who where we have red flag laws such as the buffalo shooting from just a couple of weeks ago they have a red flag flag their law there in uh in new york should have been tripped was well, not i mean it's not really an effective tool it does make people people feel a little bit better and that's i would say the main argument for it uh you know if you really wanted to narrowly tailor it you could see some argument for it but i mean i'm just not willing to give them any ounce of power at this point. Uh, in addition, the government will invest $6.6 million to help uh, raise awareness of the new law, the red flag law, and provide supports to vulnerable and marginalized groups to navigate the provisions. Now, these are all sort of the typical stuff you'd expect, right? Sort of the stuff that you'd expect from the government here, Democrats here proposing. It goes a lot further than that, though. They're going to implement a national freeze on handguns to prevent individuals from bringing newly acquired handguns into Canada from bullying and selling and transferring handguns within the country. So you can't bring new handguns into the country. You can't buy new handguns in the country. You can't sell handguns in the country. You can't manufacture handguns in the country. And you can't transfer handguns in the country. What does that mean? That is a handgun ban. It's just a handgun ban that unfolds over time. 
there were some of the abolitionists back in the day when slavery was around that this was their approach to getting rid of slavery. Ban the slave trade, ban uh, the transfer of slaves, ban the buying of slaves, ban the selling of slaves. Now, of course, you people with slaves can hold on to those slaves uh, because that's all they could get done at the time, or they were trying to propose a middle ground to get rid of slavery, essentially time it out. You see this uh, happen often at companies that are looking to cut staff. They say, hey, well, what we're going to do is we're going to wait for people to retire and then we're not going to replace those positions. So over time, you have fewer and fewer employees. This is the approach of Canada. They are creating a situation where you can't even pass your firearms to your children when you die. So therefore, those guns will just be illegal. They're also going to be doing uh, much more than that. Let me, give, uh, let me give you Trudeau explaining this law and some of the crazy crap that's inside of it. We're introducing legislation to implement a national freeze on handgun ownership. What this means is that it will no longer be possible to buy, sell, transfer, or import handguns anywhere in Canada. In other words, we're capping the market for handguns. So brave. So brave. Let's clap a little bit. Where's your mask, Justin? Why does everyone else have a mask and you don't? Good vigorous applause, guys. As a further part of this new legislation, we're also fighting gun smuggling and trafficking mm. by increasing maximum criminal penalties and providing more tools for law enforcement to investigate firearm crimes. Can you imagine and we'll require the permanent alteration of long gun magazines so they can never hold more than five rounds. Five rounds. These are actions that doctors, experts and chiefs of police have been calling for for years and we're acting on their advice. So brave for a government to take away firearms from the people. What a, what a, a benevolent act, because this never turns out poorly. If you've seen what's happened in Canada, in Australia, and New Zealand, when it comes to just COVID, you see what happens when a government gets out of control, and of course now they're taking away the weapons from the government as well. Gee, this isn't a, a long-standing game plan, is it? This has happened over and over and over again. And you know what? Outside, of course, of America's team, the Toronto Blue Jays, I don't care about Canada at all. You want to go up there and ruin that, that wonderful land that's way too cold to really visit anyway? Go ahead. Do it. You don't have a Second Amendment. You have no protections there. You have nothing that will protect your rights to defend yourself in the country. And that's the case almost everywhere on Earth. They're really the only one that had anything close to a Second Amendment was Mexico, and even they've been fiddling with it and have pretty much dissolved it. The Americans are, are really the only place in the North America that have a Second Amendment, and really, really the only place around the globe that has it. And this is your future right here. This is what the Democrats want. This is their desire. What they want is what Justin Trudeau has the right to essentially take away your firearms. What he, what, that is just a firearm ban over a generation rather than it happening today. They're also going to buy back uh, tons of assault rifles, quote unquote, uh, and they're going to do all these things to get these weapons off of the streets. And you know what? Is it going to change 
uh, their their uh, results. I doubt it. It doesn't seem to do much of anything anywhere. It's been tried. We'll definitely go through all of that on Friday and make sure you know all of the research, all of the details. But it's important to understand what people like Joe Biden want. Joe Biden was just in front of you by his stupid helicopter there talking about the exact same policy that Justin Trudeau was implementing in Canada. He wants to get rid of the most common firearms in the country. There's no reason for you to own them. And this is what's coming. The, the, the concept that the left wants to just get rid of, of assault weapons or uh, have a red flag law or just limit the capacity uh, of each um, of magazines, for example, all of that is just a silly distraction. It's a it's called progressivism. It's moving toward their actual end goal, which is to get rid of all guns. I want to make sure that you understand what this means and how they're going to go about this and all the lies on the left. And we're going to go into uh, this in just a second as well with Stephen Gutowski. He is uh, with The Reload. He is the guy who knows everything. I mean, he is the guy when it comes to gun laws and how all this stuff works. We're going to talk to him about the efforts in Congress to go after this stuff and how serious it is in just a second. You know, not too long ago, there was a case of the Heller case, you may know, and that went through the Supreme Court and it kind of locked in for really what the left would argue the first time, but of course was the case since our founding, the individual right to own a firearm. Uh, that was a big Supreme Court case that's pretty darn recent. That was it late 2000s. And the left doesn't like that. They don't like what's happened there. They don't like what might happen with Roe versus Wade. There's a really important Supreme Court case on guns right now uh, that's going to be coming out uh, relatively soon. That's going on. Uh, we have all sorts of stuff going through the courts, and you know how important this stuff is. And we've seen how many times this stuff has gone against uh, the right. It seems the left always finds a way to win these Supreme Court challenges. Well, of course, the left now doesn't like the fact that they're losing these occasionally. And now they're going to try to pack the court. And this is a coup. This is a Supreme Court coup. Uh, this is what they're trying to do. Biden, Pelosi, Schumer, they're all working overtime on this plan to pack the Supreme Court. We have to stop this. Uh, we've talked to you about the packing uh, situation for a while. It would be catastrophic for the court and for the country. That's why we need you to join with First Liberty Institute. This is a great organization. They are gathering, uh, I think, a million patriots to say no to court packing, no to the liberal agenda, no to the Supreme Court coup. Uh, everybody from Franklin Graham to the uh, to Dr. James Dobson, the Family Policy Alliance, the Heritage Foundation, 400,000 people just like you are on board already. Sign your name now, supremecoup.com, C-O-U-P, supremecoup.com. You can sign First Liberty's uh, letter, uh, supremecoup.com. Let me bring in Stephen Gutowski. He is an award-winning journalist and the founder of TheReload.com, a great place to go to understand what is actually going on when it comes to your Second Amendment rights. Stephen, thanks for coming on the program. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, I want to talk to you. Let's, let's start first with, we just talk, talked about the Canadian law that's coming into play from Justin Trudeau. And this is, I think, what people who really care about their uh, Second Amendment rights look to, they see Canada, a country that theoretically is somewhat culturally similar to us, uh, a Western country that we thought we understood. And we see how far 
they can move in such a short period of time for an incident that didn't even happen on their soil. And everybody I talk to is freaked out that this could be down the road for us. Can you tell us what you know about the Canadian law and, and what do you think the future of it is? Yeah, so the Canadian proposal is to ban all future sales of handguns inside the country. Um, those that are already legally owned would be uh, grandfathered in. Uh, although, of course, if you look at uh, the the recent confiscation uh, order for AR-15s and similar rifles, it's obviously probably not much of a... Uh, <laughs> a, 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 a it's probably not that reassuring for... Uh, Canadian gun owners who uh, who are being told they can keep their handguns because obviously they were told they could uh, keep their AR-15s and and that uh, policy was changed two years ago to, to be a confiscation uh, effort where possession will no longer be legal once they actually figure out how to uh, institute their buyback program which they've had trouble with uh, over the years but certainly um, it's being proposed by the ruling government it's parliamentarian system up there. So it's it's kind of like the House of Representatives here without any of the other sort of checks and balances or bodies that we we have uh, in the United States. So it's likely to get through if Trudeau's party is uh, fully behind it. So uh, certainly you could look at this as foreshadowing for American politics, uh, or at the very least, it's something that a lot of American gun owners are certainly going to look to as reasons not to... Uh, agree to go to the the lesser steps that led up to this. Yeah, I think that's one of the things. Because, I, I mean, you, you can hear from conservatives even at times that will say, okay, well, this, like a red flag law, maybe that's, maybe if it's narrowly designed, maybe there's something to that. Maybe there's something to raising the age to 21. We saw that happen in Florida after Parkland. Uh, there are some things that I think, you know, Republicans, conservatives might consider. But when you see how far they really want to go, if you give them an inch, they will take a mile. And I think that's what, at least what I'm hearing from people, which is, hey, McConnell's going to go there, you know, Cornyn's going to go there and negotiate with these guys. But no matter what they say in that moment, the truth is they have a much bigger agenda down the road. Yeah, I think that's sort of the dynamic that's kept gun laws at the federal level frozen and where they've been the last you know, 30 years or so, because there's not a lot of trust on the gun rights side that the things uh, being said from the gun control side are the actual true intentions uh, of, of those uh, individuals. And that creates a lot of uh, dissension, a lot of reason not to go along and make compromise uh, packages come to fruition. So, uh, you know, that's something I think that's widely underestimated by most of the media. When you talk about this, you don't you don't really hear this as a consideration. And and you know, when you have a 50-50 Senate trying to come up with some sort of compromise bill, perhaps with some of the policies you just mentioned there, uh, and you then have the president talking about wanting to ban all, or at least that people have no good reason to own nine millimeters, which uh, of course most handguns in this country are chambered in nine millimeter. And then you see uh, the Canadian government banning handguns without any sort of condemnation from the gun control groups here in the United States. Y obviously people look at that whole situation and think, well, 
what they really want is to ban and confiscate the firearms that I own. Mm, yeah, it really, it's hard to not go that direction. Um, I want to talk about one of the reactions that happens after every terrible incident like this, which is the, the left tries to move to take real gun control sort of uh, action, whatever they've been dreaming up in the background. They use that as their moment, never let a crisis go to waste, and jump into legislation mode. Now, of course, it's my opinion that you know the time for making legislation is not in a panic. It's, at a, it's a time where you're making sober, consistent intellectual decisions, not emotional ones. But one of the things you keep hearing from everybody is after Sandy Hook, we all thought that this would be the thing that woke us up, that we'd be able to make these changes and something would finally be done. Yet nothing has been done since Sandy Hook. And I don't know. I mean, I seem to remember state after state after state taking action after these incidents. Can you give us is that true that nothing has been done since Sandy Hook? Yeah, I mean, certainly you've seen states take really very divergent actions, right, depending on whether it's a blue state or a red state. You've seen a lot more gun restrictions in blue states since Sandy Hook. Uh, and in the aftermath of Parkland, you saw a lot of blue states passing red flag laws, although also uh, in that instance, Florida, which is a red state, passed passed a red flag law. Um, and then you've mostly seen red states go the other way in loosening restrictions, uh, especially in the last few years, passing uh, constitutional carry or permitless carry uh, in 25 states to this point. So half the country has uh, loosened their carry laws. So, uh, but of course, uh, usually you hear that in regards to the federal level where you haven't seen major gun control action really since the 1990s. So that, you know, that's, that's where that comes from, I think, from a lot of people. But, but you're right that there obviously has been an evolution of gun policy on the state level across the country. Uh, Stephen, take away the constitutional concerns here for a second, which I have many on almost every one of their uh, suggested solutions that are so common sense. Um, but take away those for a second. Do we have any evidence that there is one of these proposals, some combination of these proposals, that would really make a difference when it comes to mass shooting incidents like this? Is there any policy prescription that has been shown to be effective here? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's a really good question. Uh, when you look at the scientific studies that have been out there, uh, the RAND Corporation did a review of all the studies and uh, the most rigorous ones made it into their uh, review and they found no conclusive evidence uh, on any of these policies in terms of reducing mass shootings, probably in large part because mass shootings statistically are fairly rare. Obviously, in the wake of such a horrible one like what we saw in Texas, people don't want to necessarily focus on, you know, having statistical arguments or getting into these these counterpoints, but uh, you know, because they're understandably upset about the situation, as I'm sure we all are. But, but uh, yeah, that's one of the challenges when it comes to legislating to prevent these sort these sort of statistically rare events, it's difficult to do that. You can point to any single policy, and, a, and of course, there's going to be a mass shooter, shooter who overcame those sort of restrictions. And I mean this across the board, whether it's uh, an assault weapons ban, which obviously we saw um, in Buffalo, the shooter there bought a New York legal AR and then illegally modified it, but he was operating under the state's assault weapons ban. Uh, whether it's hardening schools, you've had situations where uh, shooters have waited until the children leave the school. So even if you do all of the things, and perhaps you should, right, uh, like a single door entry or 
uh, having armed guards inside the school. You're going to have situations where if the school, the kids leave the school, they're, they're still going to be vulnerable. And that's, that's another thing that's happened. Um, even armed resistance doesn't guarantee that a shooting is going to be stopped. We saw that in, in Buffalo, of course. Um, we saw some very horrendous a, a lack of action from police in, in Texas uh, during the school shooting. So there's no single policy. There's probably uh, arguments you can make for any one of these policies might have prevented this particular shooting or that particular shooting. Um, but it's difficult to come up with either a single policy or even a a concoction of different policies that's going to guarantee the, uh, mass shootings stop happening. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what's one. That's what's so difficult about this particular thing because we, you can look at a a policy prescription to try to let's say uh, lower overall violence rates, right? O- murder rates over time, and you know, I don't think it's a policy situation necessarily, but we have seen that happen. And in an environment where uh, violence overall is coming way down. You have these incidents, these crimes of spectacle where people want to be remembered. They want to have that notoriety. And, you know, I think every era seems to have them, whether it was, you know, uh, uh, political assassinations or serial killings or, you know, there's always some crime of spectacle that isn't necessarily a societal um, issue. uh, epidemic when it comes to a statistical uh, level, but it is something that is, gets all the attention and is so frustrating because, I mean, how do you stop a guy with no criminal background that his best, I mean, you know, for all the problems that he had, his best friend said he would never imagine that he would do something like this. It didn't get caught up in any anybody's radar to the level that anybody said anything. I, I mean, I don't know that there's any way to stop a person like this uh, that is 18 years old and and has no nothing on his record that would make it uh, rise to the level uh, of, of of criminal activity. It's like you can't punish somebody before a crime is committed. Yeah, I mean certainly it's extremely difficult, uh, and I do think that certain that following through on trying to make sure that somebody I guess has a record uh, if they've done something that would disqualify them from gun ownership, you know, something like a domestic violence misdemeanor, uh, being involuntarily committed, uh, having a felony conviction, you know, under current law, those are things that would prohibit you from owning guns in the future. It might not stop you if you're committed, you know, to carrying out a killing from actually getting a gun, but it should make it more difficult. And oftentimes we do see these sort of red flags. Um, you know, the, the this shooter, we're now hearing, uh, had made a, a number of rape and, and death threats towards women online. He'd uh, committed uh, animal cruelty throughout his life. There may have been something that somebody could have done. Of course, to your point, it's easier to say that looking back in hindsight with a lot of these guys. Sometimes it's fairly egregious. The Buffalo shooter was taken and committed to a hospital and evaluated for mental health. Obviously, they did not catch uh, the problem there and didn't even attempt to use the red flag law that was available to them in New York. So, uh, you know, in some cases it's more egregious. Parkland, he had domestic violence incidents and suicidal thoughts and, and you know, talked about wanting to kill people. The You know, the, there's certainly instances where it's perhaps more should have been done and could have been done uh, from by any reasonable person who was interacting at that point. But uh, sometimes it's it's easier to say that after the fact, right? Yep. 
Yeah, it is. It's always easy to look back. And I go back to always to Sandy Hook, where, I mean, he used the family's guns. It's like you're going to ban everyone in the family of someone who has mental uh, issues. It really gets almost impossible. But we're going to keep watching this very closely. Stephen Gutowski is a journalist, founder of TheReload.com. You should make sure you should subscribe to that right now. Uh, thanks so much, Stephen, for coming back on the program. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. You know, buying or selling a home is already one of the most stressful things you can be involved in. And it's 10 times worse if you're not working with the right real estate agent. Generally speaking, our homes are our biggest investment. And that's a lot of responsibility. It's something that you have to really take time, make sure you get that right agent who's going to take that seriously. It's why I always talk to you about realestateagentsitrust.com. They work with the best agents in every market. They do their homework. They talk to every agent before inviting them to join the network. And they only work with full-time professionals, so not people who are kind of just doing this on a whim here and there. Uh, The team makes the introduction. They follow you through the entire process. They make sure you're satisfied. Why not? Look into the real estate agent that you're going to be using, realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there, give them a little uh, little info where, where you are, what you're looking to do, and the team will contact you and make the introduction to the best agent in your area for your needs. Realestateagentsitrust.com. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. You know, doing uh, this show and radio for all these years, we're constantly having to research stuff and read all these really boring studies and government reports and, and all of this. And over time, you know, we've come up with a system. I know when I'm reading stuff, I have stuff that I put in certain folders and, and notes, and there's note programs that we keep extensive records of all the stuff that we read that we think is important. So we can kind of, when a new, when one of our, you know, when a new issue comes up, we can go back and refer back to it and, and look at all the stuff that we've had on file and make sure that people can understand the basic facts of the argument. And the problem with, with guns in particular is every time there's an incident, the same I mean, I, mean I, I, I know I'm, I joke all the time and I'm, I'm dismissive of the other side, but like the same incredibly dumb arguments are brought up over and over and over again as if they have any validity, as if they haven't been debunked five million times. Uh, but you know what? I'll be honest with you. People don't know. Sometimes they know inherently, like you might think to yourself, I know this can't be right, but you know, you're not going to spend the time, you have a life, you're not going to spend the time going through all of, this, uh, all of these studies to prove your point to someone who's not really going to, to, to listen to you anyway. That's why we decided to take this on this week. Friday's show is going to be the uh, definitive debunking of all the gun myths you're hearing right now. And I'm going to go back through all this research we've kept all this time, all the new reports, the stuff that's brand new to the meme world, to, uh, to the Internet. I mean, I've seen smart people post idiotic points about guns this week. And I just want to put it all in one place for you. So it's easy for you to access when you when you hear a claim, when you see someone online, you could just send them to uh, to the YouTube video or the podcast or just take the information I'm giving you and don't say I have anything to do with it. Just show it to your idiotic friend who doesn't know what they're talking about. That's why we're doing this this Friday. It's the definitive case debunking all the left's gun myths. And we're going to be doing that on Friday right here, wherever you're uh, watching or listening. You can catch it. We'll put it right in the feed under normal time. I want to make sure you get a hold of this and spread the word as well for anyone who you think might actually care about the facts on guns. StuDoesAmerica.com is the place to go to get all the information. Back in a second. (music) 
Father's Day is coming soon. If you're just like about everybody else out there, you find it hard to know what to get the guy. I mean, he's your dad. You love him. You want to get him something great. But, you know, what are you going to do? Well, here's a great gift for you. A great wallet. Most likely, your dad's wallet has taken a beating over the years. Not only does he sit on it all the time, but I'm sure he's had to open it plenty of times on your behalf over the years. So why not get him something that he probably really needs, a great wallet? You've heard me talk about Grip6 a bunch of times. They make amazing belts and socks, but they also make great wallets. Their unique design gives you easy access to your cards, an optional loop that makes it easy to pull out of the pocket, and get this, RFID blocking as well. You're going to need that. Uh, The world is getting creepy out there. These are made from American sourced leather and aluminum, and they have a lifetime guarantee. It's a great Father's Day gift for any dad on your list. If you have 12, 15, how many dads do you have? I've seen a lot of sitcoms where there's multiple dads. Who, how, how many had, nobody, how many dads do you have? You can go to grip6.com slash stew and get the code stew to get you 40% off. 40%. Right now, grip the number 6.com slash stew. Get 40% off today. A great Father's Day idea. Grip6.com slash stew. So, Star Wars did something really weird this weekend. And I, you know, there's a new series out called Kenobi. And I have not seen it yet. I mean, I, I got a free subscription to Disney Plus through, like, my credit card or something. So I, don't, I have it. I could watch it. I'm not that into Star Wars right now, honestly, after what they've done, after, you know, what they did at the end of The Mandalorian with, uh, you know, uh, what's-her-face, Gina Carano. Thank you very much. Uh, I just thought that was just so bad. It's just hard to get into it. It's not that I don't boycott things, as you know, but, like, I just don't. I, I have no interest, really. But, you know, maybe I'll watch it at some point. I don't know. Uh, so they have this new character who is a, a black woman in the show. And this is what they tweeted this weekend. This is bizarre. There are more than 20 million sentient species in the Star Wars galaxy. Don't choose to be a racist. Wait, what? Wait, why would we? We are proud to welcome Mo- Moses Ingram to the Star Wars family and excited for R- Reva's story to unfold. I guess that's her name. If anyone intends to make her feel in any way welcome, we have only one thing to say. We resist. Now, you might say, like, okay, this is ultra Disney woke nonsense. They're, like, trying to be, you know, defend her from some racism. I don't know if she's actually receiving it or not. Um, But I actually think this is just a scam because now they have a way to get out of any of their crappy characters. If they had this option for Jar Jar Binks, they would have used it. Like, ah, don't be racist. I know he sounds Jamaican or something, so don't be racist against Jar Jar Binks. We know if you don't like this crappy character we put out there, you're a racist. This is just their defense mechanism. Uh, It's really pathetic. Uh, Netflix is standing by, it seems like, at least for the moment, uh, their uh, comedy uh, and free speech in comedy with Ricky Gervais, Dave Chappelle. They're saying it used to be a really li- it used to be a really liberal issue to defend free speech. I don't think that's actually true. I mean, I think re- conservatives have always defended free speech, at least uh, when it comes to the government being involved into it. I mean, I think you know a lot of people have been very critical of families uh, and how they would handle those things and how they should they should be aware of it. You know, sometimes government creeps in on the Republican side, but generally speaking, it should be a universal issue. It's a, it's a First Amendment right, and so you should be able to use your speech, and that that content should be out there. That's a cultural concept when it comes to Netflix. It's not a First Amendment issue with Netflix, but it's something we should all kind of agree on. These are principles I thought we did all agree on until very recently.
Joe Biden's approval rating down to 34 percent. I blabbed too long to get into the details. Maybe we'll go through all of them tomorrow because it's really in, wait till you see what he's with uh, independence. It's incredible. Uh, Stu does power is the place to go to uh, if you want to come and be in studio for a power hour. It's going to be a blast. Don't miss it. Stu does power We'll see you tomorrow.